Aren't you glad that it's grace that's got a hold of you? For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Amen. Grace, we used to think, was just unmerited favor. Well, that was wrong. Grace is so much more, and it's the empowering force of our God. It's the saving knowledge that comes into those scars and fills up those wounds and those hurts. And grace brings true identity because it was through grace that you were saved. It, being saved is, is really just, just revelation is all it really is. Walking the aisle and saying the prayer at the altar here doesn't, doesn't make you saved. It's coming into the knowledge that you're not really lost, but you're a part of the kingdom. You come into that knowledge where you recognize that, man, he died for me so that I could be back with my dad because you were never nobody, as we were talking about this morning. You're never nobody. You were always somebody. Grace brings in that, that little connection, right? Well, it all made sense in my head. Sorry. I love the fact, I love the fact that grace empowers us. Man, Father, you are, you're more than good, and I think we've run out of things in our English language to say about your goodness and how awesome you are, so we say it again, but Lord, we give you the, the highest form of praise we can with our mouth is the word hallelujah. We so we give you that, Father. We say hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah to your name, God. Hallelujah to your plan. Hallelujah to your grace. Hallelujah to the love that you bestowed on us that while we were yet sinners, your son died for us that we might live by grace. You're powerful. You're amazing. You're the most loving and <laughs> beautiful person, place, or thing I've ever known. I love you. We love you, Father. It's a great group of people here that love you. You're so good. Ooh, man, he's good, amen? Anybody blessed already? Yeah? Man. Man, I, man, we worked so hard. <laughs> probably, y'all probably won't even, won't even know or catch. I mean, that's what everybody tells me every time that I talk about we, we, how we, mess up and stuff. Everybody says, oh, we didn't notice a thing. And uh, I mean, yeah, I, don't, I guess you wouldn't notice uh, the stinking hair in my face and, and it's not mine. I mean, I don't know what's going on here. There's like this big old hair in my face and then, you know, like 20 seconds into practice over here, I was sweating already. So it's like stuck. And I'm over here Y'all thought I had the Holy Ghost. I was over here <laughs> I was twitching, trying to get this hair. It's, in my, it's wrapped around into my eye, and then it was down my face, and, and I was trying to deal with that, and I couldn't switch the papers, and Adriana went where she was supposed to, and Sarah looked at me like, where are you at? <laughs> well, you know, I got a thing here, man, and then I know I had my papers in order. I know I did. Anyway. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, it's just crazy how all this stuff happens, you know, and, and I really believe the enemy uh, does not want us to, to have those moments. I mean, that's kind of a, a given, right? That um, I don't know about y'all, but man, y'all blew me away today. There was some, it felt like some stuff was just shaking in here today. Uh, it was really good. At least up here for me, it was. Um, and I'm just so, so blown away that um, I mean, you know, the enemy, Satan doesn't want that stuff. He, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want us getting anywhere near or close to any kind of feel-good moment with, with dad or even any kind of glimpse of identity or understanding. He doesn't want any of that. So um, there's always that kind of stuff that he, 
he tries to mess up, right? Mess us up. But uh, he ain't got no power and authority over here, so give him the boot. Amen? Is that true? Yeah, amen. Well, uh, whew. sorry, I'm a little tipsy again, man. This is happening a lot lately. Y'all are, <laughs> y'all are pulling all this out of us, but it's good to be in this house, amen. Um, we got um, quite a few things going on. I, I don't have all the lists in front of me of everything, but um, we have switched over. Uh, Sarah worked really hard and got the, the church app is all fixed now at, with Core Church. Yeah, it's really cool. So, uh, you know, when you go on there, it's not the river and it's not the Core Church in L.A. <laughs> if you did that one. Uh, we actually had somebody from L.A. reach out to us and say, hey, um, I actually gave uh, some money to you guys and I meant to give it to my church. <laughs> it's pretty funny. There's a few things on the website we got to still get fixed, but, you know, these are all works in progress. And uh, um, <clears throat> I know that uh, Maryland and Hoyle, they didn't destroy each other on their little trip. Uh, they, they took a road trip to Tennessee and got away. And uh, she's not back this weekend yet, but uh, it, was, uh, it was a big joke last week. I said, man, y'all pray for them that they make it. And Marilyn was like, yes, you better pray for him. <laughs> uh, but a um, um, few other things um, we do have, as I, I mentioned last week, we'll start, we'll start to promote it uh, probably at the end of January, first week of February. But uh, Dub Alexander will be with us uh, for three days, a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. Um, Dub is a workhorse, so if I was to say, hey, Dub, we're going to do, you know, three days, 12 hours, he would say, bring it. Well, he would probably say, bring it, homie. Um, we're not going to do that, but um, we are going to do a Friday night and a, um, a Saturday evening, like at 5, uh, and then Sunday morning. Um, Dub is, is, many of us are in his school. I know uh, there's a few, uh, Adriana and Ryan are in second year, um, and uh, Marilyn's not here. She's in school as well. Uh, Sarah, Roger, uh, James, Lydia, and uh, it, it's just unbelievable. Um, I highly encourage you to save up uh, for next year to get in. Um, it's just, I, I don't even have the words, but uh, the cool thing is, is that we get to get him down here uh, for that weekend and let him drop some of that heavy revy on us. Uh, it'll be really good. Uh, I heard y'all had your women's event and it was, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there, that's, that, that speaks for itself right there. Uh, uh, you know, man, Mary, so, so awesome that you heard that from the Lord and you pushed into that, uh, because they were talking about it this morning, even, you know, it, it's so cool. Um, you know, we couldn't worry about practice. We got to hear about women's event. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. That means it was good. And that's, that's powerful because that's what we want. You heard that, you know, and you pressed in and dad answered and moved, you know, and it's, it's powerful stuff. And that's, that's what church is really supposed to be all about is the community coming together, uh, not for three songs and a 30 minute preaching and you get out of here and go eat at Luby's or something. It's, it's meant to come together for community to grow and evolve into more. Um, we were, uh, Friday night, we were at, at, uh, Jim and Kathy's house. You know, they are pastors to pastors. They've been in ministry for over 50 years. Um, and I know they don't look, they look like 25, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grace. But, um, the beautiful thing is, is that they, they have such a heart for family and for pastors and they were, they pulled together, uh, five, I think it was five families. Uh, other pastors around, and, and it's just something starting there, and it was amazing. Uh, we were able to be there, and it was just great, and that's something different. You hear me talk a lot about HCA uh, that Zoe and John have done, and, and that's because um, it's not that we like them better. John, don't say that out loud. Jim, don't say that out loud. <laughs> no. I talk so much about HCA because I firmly, Raquel and I firmly believe that what we have going on here is, a, is not in an arrogant way whatsoever, but it really is what church is supposed to be about. Uh, it's supposed to be about gathering and for the, the establishing and the, uh, the equipping of the saints. That's, that's what you read in the scripture. And, 
It's, it's not really about, Raquel and I have a, 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 a vision as we're driving, right? But the community is about you all. And so that's where we have a women's event that comes out of this. That's where we have a pastor's meeting and group that comes out of this. And then, you know, and I use HCA a lot because it's, to me it was the full picture of, wow, this is the way this is supposed to work. Raquel and I, we talk about it all the time that, you know, uh, Zoe had a vision from the Lord and she came and, and started to explain that. And, man, hey, let's go for it, man. Uh, and... All we did is stand back and support her vision that dad gave her, and she's ran with it. And, and it is today, it's a, it's a thriving ministry that is changing the lives of an area that our church was not grabbing. Those, those uh, you know, those weird artist people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that. In the most amazing way, weird as different, not like, oh man, he's weird. Not like that. But that's a, that's a, that's an area that for many years, the church, I mean, I know Bethel's done their thing and, and Bethel's Bethel. We take our hat off to them. Right. But down here in Southeast Texas, in the city of Conroe, uh, we haven't had a big outreach to the artists that are in this area and she's doing that. Right. And so that's what church to me and Raquel is, is supposed to look like is, seeing what the body does, what dad does through the body, through the community. And we'll drive the car, you know, and, and everybody will hook up the trailer and let's, let's hit the road and let's win the area for Christ. Amen. It's beautiful. And so anyway, uh, I'm very excited about all of that that's going on. There's a lot more stuff coming. Uh, and then I get a major surprise yesterday and our amazing friend, the whole family of Ferris is in the house. Amen. You know, the other day uh, I, was, I was talking to y'all's dad and we were texting and, I, and he said, man, I, I said something. He said something back. He said, man, I can't wait to hug you guys. I said, come on. It's just it's not a flight anymore. It's a drive <laughs> just to drive down the road. And uh, so they've made their move. And uh, man, can you come and tell us just a little bit of what's going on, Craig? You knew I was going to pull you up here anyway. Um, ready in season, out of season. But you got to get up here. I know you don't like that too bad. And I don't know, Shannon, do you want to come and? She said no. I'll let her have a choice, but yeah, you don't. So tell us what's going on, man. How's things going? Well, I'm about 5'10", 280. No. I'm, I'm eating well. That's what's going on. There's some Texas food, and um, I'm going to have to stop eating it. Uh, just in a nutshell, uh, pretty much we woke up in October. God said, move to Texas. Um. So I looked at Shannon and said, does God say anything about Texas? She said, yeah, we should move. Um, so that's pretty much what happened. So he said, move by January. So it's, it's a unique thing to have 14 people move within 60 days. Um, but God is absolutely amazing. So we ended up in Cedar Park just outside of Austin. And um, what are we doing? We're, we're just, we just went where God said to go. Uh, the doing part comes next. So right now we're just in some planning stages of the things that he's been saying to us over the last two years. Um, now we have some time to start actually attacking that. Uh, but just to, just to remind you, as he's talking about grace and the ability to be empowered to do things, our lives are about being impossible. Um, how many of you guys know a family of 14 that doesn't have a job and God says, move in 60 days, and they're totally prepared to do that. Yeah. Um, so if you need proof that there is impossible working every day, yeah. hi, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, everybody has a, a unique story to their life, and we could talk about each of our stories and go, wow, how did I go from what I was born into into what I was created for? Yeah. Uh, and then at the same time, what we don't want to ever do is settle for that. Yeah. We want to be a representation of the kingdom of heaven. And so our move to Cedar Park, I believe that is the first phase of that, is just reminding people yeah. that the impossible is every day. Um, so there's no secrets about it. God wants to demonstrate himself on our behalf. And uh, I got to tell you, um, 
in all honesty, in one day we saw $12,000 come in um, and nobody knew that we actually needed money. Like we didn't go call people up and say, hey, I need money. Um, $12,000 just appeared. I woke up with $0 and went to bed with $12,000. Um, so. Man, it's awesome, amen. Um, if you um, if you don't know Craig and Shannon and and the family, they're they're just amazing. Um, they have so many giftings, and a lot of people tout Craig as um, the one of the most accurate prophetic voices of our time, actually. And uh, and I believe that to be absolutely true. But what's more powerful than that is him and Shannon's um, insight on family. And what they've done and how they've, um, you know, they're not perfect kids. Don't say nothing, please. <laughs> but what they have done and developed is, is, uh, is totally needed. It's totally kingdom. And uh, I'm so honored to know y'all, all of y'all. And I'm honored that y'all are friends of our house, that our people, you know, know you. Because um, I, I love them. You know, Bethany, uh, I'm not going to embarrass you, but just to show you, um, like she gave me a word last time they were here and um, I still pull that word and listen to it because you spoke some things to me that I, that I only, only dad could do that. Only dad could tell you that's what I needed to hear. And uh, she encouraged me so much, blew me away, made me cry and stuff, man. Um, but uh, it, that's the vein of their family. And so uh, I highly encourage you to, you know, get around, get to know them. Uh, Legacy Dreamers is the name of the ministry. There's a book that they have about activations and stuff. And uh, so, man, by all means, whatever you can do or you want to talk to them. Uh, that's what's so cool, too, is, is see, Bethany, Tamara, who, who else is over 18? Brittany and, and Trisha. I don't see her. She's probably with the kids. Or, oh, no, sorry. Brittany's with the kids, yeah, because she's like, that's her heart, right? You know, they, they all decided to come with family because the Lord was showing them that. That's pretty powerful, right, to leave everything. Anyway, I'm not trying to embarrass you guys. I just love y'all's heart and what y'all represent, and, and just I just wanted to honor y'all. So there, I'll leave you alone because Craig's looking at me. Really, Shannon's looking at me funny, so... <laughs> That means shut up and get, get to work. Uh, where's all our kiddos? Are we, where's uh, Lydia? Are you ready this morning? Yeah. There, man, see, there's another person. Lydia is just tearing it up with uh, Dreams 222 with Jake. And uh, there's some other dream stuff that's coming up that uh, is going to happen. And Lydia doesn't know about it yet, but it's going to. <laughs> Uh, but she also heads up all the children's ministry here with us, and she's back there teaching the kids prophetic culture. Amen. Right? We're not just throwing on veggie tales or ABCs and one two threes. Uh, we're learning ABCs one two threes are prophetic, right? And uh, and that's so cool. So Lydia, we honor you because you really do a lot, and uh, we love you. Yeah. And we love that guy over there behind you, James, because he's, he's just awesome. He helps, you know, support so much. Uh, so we love, they're a great family. You kiddos ready? Yeah? All these tie-dye shirts on, man. Roger and Sarah, they get a hold of you. You're going to get tie-dyed. <laughs> Watch it. All right, Lord, we just ask you to bless all these kiddos. Bless what Lydia brings today. And Lord, uh, just, just let Holy Spirit just move and flow and speak in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, have at it. Um, so this morning, I want to, uh, wow, I thought it was really a whole lot later. That's cool. <laughs> I got a few things that um, have been rolling around. I'm, I'm starting to, um, um, so you know, one of our, our biggest things on our heart is reformation. Um, man, I, I, I love um, the understanding we've come to with what reformation is and seeing um, you and I as kingdom people come into our true identity and having things come back to what they're originally designed uh, to be. And uh, so just a, a quick nugget, I'm actually studying about the, the way that the church at Ephesus um, came about. 
and uh, how it reformed. It, it, the Reformation happened in that city, and it turned it around. And then, actually, all of Asia Minor, what's known as Asia Minor, is really powerful stuff. Um, but, um, you know, Raquel said something to me this morning, and I was talking because I've got, like, three things that, that I'm, I'm working on. And, um, you know, I didn't, three weeks ago, oh, I forgot to welcome everybody on Zoom. I can't read those names because I'm 48 now, but uh, it's a little far. And, uh, but praise God, welcome, and thank you all for joining up. But um, it's so powerful how the city of Ephesus came about, and it's a beautiful picture of Reformation and, and, and how God comes in and does something. And never once did he go in and start striking people down and, and declaring that, you know, the prophets would come and kill the sinners and the magic workers and, and that kind of thing and the artist, right? <laughs> he didn't come and start casting them down and all that. Uh, they simply went in to be who they were meant to be, and it, and it overflowed, and it, it captured everybody. Um, and one of the, the aspects of that is what I'm going to just share with you briefly about this morning. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I don't, three weeks ago, plan that this is what I'm going to preach to the church. Y'all know I don't, I don't do that. I, don't, I just share with you what, what Dad's showing me and what I'm trying to work on uh, in my own life. And uh, so turn with me to the book of Ephesians. We're going we're gonna to look around here just for a minute at a couple of things. Um, you know, um, man, I've, I've said a few things over the past few weeks as you turn there. Uh, <laughs> I've said some things, you know, political stuff and made some comments and stuff, which, you know, sometimes I think about things uh, after I say them. And, uh, oh, thank you, Angela. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like Raquel sits there and she ponders everything before she speaks. She says, hmm. She plays the chess game in her mind. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But me, I'm over here and I'm watching some of those words come out of my mouth and I'm going, oh, 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 no, 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 no. And then Raquel's over here going, no, 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 no. But what I will say is that... Um, um, I, this whole political thing that's going on, especially this year, there's so many things that are wrong with it as far as a, as a nation and a country and a, a civilized nation at that, the most powerful nation in the world. It was really disheartening and, and, and it was very, a, a very sad thing to see how it all went about. And, and um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm more of down the middle libertarian kind more leaning towards conservative. I'm real conservative in everything. You know, I don't really, I just don't want the government in my stuff. That's, that's really what it comes down to. You know, get out, leave me alone, protect us like you're supposed to. And that's it. Um, but one thing about the government, we had, we had these people, um, they stormed our capital, right? Broke in. Uh, and, 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 and I know that there was a lot of heartfelt emotion and even some thinking that this was a good thing. I personally don't not, do not think it was a good thing to do that. That's me personally. I, I think it was a disrespectful and I think it messed up a lot of what was happening. And uh, as far as the movement of conservatism, conservatism, if you will. Um, and then they got up there and they started praying in the middle of the Capitol. The guy um, who says he's a shaman and some kind of witch doctor he had no shirt on and a, a buffalo headdress and uh, just like a loincloth maybe or shorts, I think. And he's talked all this weird, like real weird, not Brian Orm mystic stuff, but like just mystic stuff, just weird. And, um, and he got up there and then they started, he started praying in the name of Jesus Christ and, and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, man, that just looks so bad. Um, you know, it's almost like Peter pulling the sword <laughs> and Jesus says, Hey dude, come on, man, don't come on and let me fix the ear. And, and my point with all that is they were, they were trying to do something and there was a lot of words thrown around about being a citizen. You ever seen those people that, you know, they, a lot of them say it on, on, on both sides of the aisle. They say, Oh man, uh, the government, you work for me. You ever heard anybody say that? Yeah. Yeah, like, break the law and try to tell the police officer that. Hey, you work for me. You can't arrest me. Uh, okay. Now it's resisting arrest. 
<laughs> right, Larry? <laughs> I mean, yeah. And so this morning, I want to share with you just a few moments and a few scriptures about being a citizen. Uh, as much as, as I do love to talk about life and what's going on, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about that per se. I use that as an example. And I'll use it a couple more, couple more phrases uh, about an example. But we're going to talk about being citizens of the kingdom. Because there's a big difference in... Um, demanding and being there's a big difference in uh, these people breaking in like that and you know four people lost their life and um and it was a wrong thing to do i believe and, and that's that's not that's not then you get up there and proclaim jesus and that's just not the kingdom it's just not the kingdom and so um there's so much about ephesians that i love uh this morning um Let's take a look at chapter 1. I'm going to read um, a few passages, um, and, and then we're going to jump off into chapter 2 a little bit. But uh, I'm pretty sure that all of you all have Ephesians memorized by heart because you all are these awesome, uh, amazing kingdom people. But um, I'm going to read out of the New American Standard. Um, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and are faithful in Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, I just ask you to bless your word. Uh, bless this uh, time where we're just going to sit here and read some things. And, Holy Spirit, uh, we thank you that you are in this place moving in us. And you're about to reveal some things to us. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. So he right away addresses the church as to the saints, right? So um, Ephesians was written a little later on. Um, the church actually was started, uh, it's somewhere around 50 AD, somewhere it's like 15 years after Pentecost is when all this was kind of going. Uh, but man, Ephesus, just to give you some background, Ephesus was a, was a main port. And at, actually at that time, the Roman emperor had actually made it like a, a center, governmental center for Asia Minor at that point, for the Roman Empire, because the Romans, Romans had all of it, right? They, they were... They had the earth, huh? and uh, so they had made it a a um, governmental center, but also it was a natural port. It was it was a main throwaway uh, for trading and ships and all that stuff. It was really beautiful. But there's some other things about Ephesus. Ephesus had uh, the temple of Artemis or the temple of Diana. If you were Greek, it was Artemis. If you were Roman, it was Diana. You know, she's a Greek goddess, and this was one of the seventh wonders of the world. Um, excuse me. And this was the center. They, they, they talk about there being a basically a cult um, that was there in Ephesus that worshipped uh, Diana or Artemis. And um, Artem, uh, Ephesians at the, Ephesus at this time, there's about 250,000 people right in there. And so I want you to think about this for a minute. That's the size of Conroe and the Woodlands and Spring combined with no internet, with no Nextel walkie-talkie radios, just horse and buggy and feet, right? Think about that kind of an area. There's, there's 95,000 people in Conroe. There's 113 in the Woodlands. There's 60-something thousand, 67, 68 in Spring. Magnolia is about 7,000 people. Uh, our, our good cousins up in Willis, they're only about 2,900. Cut and shoot just barely gets on the map and says, hey, at about, you know, 700, 800 people. Uh, then, of course, between here and there, we have Shenandoah and Oak Ridge. I think they're all kind of combined in there with the woodlands. So that gives you an idea of the scope of Ephesus, right? It was a big enough city and place that there was this cult going on. There was this worship of Diana. There was all this black magic that went on. You know, like uh, sorcery and stuff like that. And there were a lot of, uh, there was a whole trade of Ephesus, a whole, uh, like, like around here, you know, there's a lot of people that do farming and you got cows and stuff. Why? Because it, it, it works in this area, a little further north of us. But um, um, one of the things that, you know, um, how can I word this? When there's a, 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 a culture there, there's all these as aspects of culture that are needed. 
it's why there's feed stores around here, right? People need feed for their horses, for their cows. Um, that's why you can, there's a tractor place right around the corner here, buying tractor equipment. Why? Because it fits the needs of the area and the, and the culture. Does that make sense? So one of the things that went on in Ephesus is they had all these smiths, these people that would make stuff out of silver and they would make little figurines and worship, uh, uh, statues for worshiping, for worship of Diana or the worship of Artemis, right? And it was so crazy. It was a, like it's a full on. There wasn't one blacksmith that did this. There was like a whole trade of them. You read about it in Acts and stuff. It's pretty crazy. And so when, when these people start, it start, the church at Ephesus started with 12 people, just 12 people. And, and it started to move and it took a few years. They actually had a school. See, it's not wrong to go to school. The school of Tyrannus. You can go look it up in the book of Acts. It's pretty cool. And, but these people, they were known, the city was known for black magic, for worship of statues and gods. And right away, you know what I mean? Most of us in our church culture, in our, in our religious side, we would have said, oh man, we need to shandai those people, right? We need to, you better get saved from all that and turn it, go burn all that stuff. And y'all remember those days of burning books, right? <laughs> uh, we had a little tape set at one point cassette tape and it's 14 things that witches don't want your kids to know <laughs> and I I know there's a lot of truth in a lot of that I'm not trying to <laughs> I'm not trying to knock it I'm just I'm just saying that sometimes that approach that we had was not good and not right right uh, instead of coming in and being kingdom we were too busy trying to bring correction to behavior um, which that's not the way to the kingdom Changing your behavior doesn't change your heart, right? So Paul, right away, he comes in, he says, to the saints. He declares right away, man, you guys are saints. You're holy people. You're no longer sinners. And we know that now, don't we? Since we got out of church culture and we, we got that religious mindset off of us, we know that once we're born again, we're no longer sinners. Amen? Yes. Okay, so we know it in here too. That's good stuff, yeah. All right. And not only are, there, are they saints, but they are faithful in Christ. It, it's, it's, they're, they're, this is an amazing people, right? And he, he's, I was going to say he's lashing out. He's lashing out in a good way. He's telling them, man, you guys are saints and you're faithful. And he goes on to list out in verse uh, 3, he says, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You know that Ephesians was a, or Ephesus was a, was a very wealthy place. And he's telling them here that uh, you've already, you've been blessed um, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Um, they, people might've thought they had everything, but man, now they really know they have everything, right? He's laying some identity stuff out for them. Um, and he goes on to say, just as he being God chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Amen. Uh, he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters uh, through Jesus to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. There's that amazing word again um, with which he favored us in the beloved. Verse seven in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our wrongdoings according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. Um, it's just this beautiful picture that he lays out, uh, of, and, it, and it just all falls into the foundation of our identity and who we are, right? Uh, and he's letting them know that at Ephesus. But here's what... Um, um, Man, there's so much to go here, but let's go to chapter two um, real quick. I want to I wanted to lay out that foundation of how he was addressing them and because there's a powerful reason behind it. Um, I'm going to go forward and then I'm going to jump back just a little bit. Um, but in chapter two, um, we get down to this point. Um, let's see. I wanted to. 
at this certain point. Let, let's look at verse 19. He makes this statement, Paul does. He says, so then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. So um, citizen, I wrote a, a few definitions um, and I, 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 I love, you know, I love definitions. So, uh-oh, my stuff is gone. There it is. Stinking technology. Man, they're breaking my strings, putting hair in my face, messing up my phone. Yeah. Uh, so it's a native or a naturalized member of a state or a nation who owes allegiance to its government and is entitled to its protection. You and I are entitled as American citizens to the protection uh, of the American government. Yes? Whether you're born here or you become a naturalized citizen, uh, you, you owe your allegiance to them. We owe our allegiance to our flag. Yes, we, we do. That's why if you go and spy for Russia, uh, that's treason because you go against your allegiance to your nation. But they turn around and, and the government is supposed to protect us. So when you go up to the senators and the congressmen and you say, you work for me. Uh, they do, technically, but there's a process and a way to go about it. Um, citizenship uh, is, is very powerful. You and I, um, we are citizens. We have rights. Did you, we, we do, right? We have our Bill of Rights. We have our Constitution. Uh, I, I thoroughly believe that all of us should read the Constitution of the United States of America because that is the binding document that shows where you have your authority as a citizen. It shows your rights. You know, and they went on and made the Bill of Rights and the amendments and stuff like that. And that's why a police officer cannot just come and knock on your, walk in your door uh, without what? A warrant. And the warrant has to state exactly what they can and cannot do. Larry's a law officer. He has authority to work in the confines of the law. But that law also holds him in those confines, right? Does that make sense? And so he has the right as an officer of, of the law to come with his authority and with his power and move within the function of that, right? But he can't go outside of that. If any officer or any congressman or anything like that, if they go outside of those confines and those constraints, and that's where you and I we have a recourse for that. It's, you can hold them to the law. You don't do that by busting in and, and stealing their laptops and, and saying, uh, you know, you work for me. No, you, you file a lawsuit. You go to court because the court is what holds them in place. Why do you have that right? Because you're a citizen. Now, I don't want to get into all the courts of heaven and all that kind of stuff. I, I know that there's a lot going on uh, about that, and, and uh, Raquel and I studied a little bit of that for a while, and um, uh, it's, it's good stuff. I don't, I don't doubt it, uh, or I'm not trying to harp on that, I guess would be a country way of saying it, right? Um, I, I want to focus uh, mainly on the, the authority of a citizen and who you and I are and how we are. Uh, we do have a constitution and a contract, and it's right here. It's our Bible. But you know what's really cool is we don't have the whole picture in our Bible either. You know, we, he, didn't, he didn't give us, you know, we don't have everything, right? And I believe that's why Jesus, when he, when he left, he said, uh, uh, lo, I leave you my, he didn't say I leave you my word. He says, I leave you my spirit, right? And um, so there's more to it. But this, this word, this promise, this understanding is our um, it's our law book. It's our way to go and say, hey, uh, I've been given every spiritual blessing. Like there's a period behind that statement, right? I've been given every spiritual blessing. So what do I have need of? What's interesting is as a citizen of heaven, I have that right and that authority because it's mine. Does that make sense? Let's look at what he says here. One more time, verse 19, he says, So then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, 
um, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. See there, uh, when we look at this in the natural, there's a big fight that's about to go on, man. There's uh, <laughs> our, our new president said he's taking a different approach on immigration, right? And uh, so there's, there's some things that are going to happen because there's people right here in our nation right now that they are foreigners and they are strangers. You can get a visa to come over for a certain amount of time, right? You can get a work visa. You can get a student visa. Um, excuse me. There's a, a lot of that um, that can allow you to be here, but that doesn't give you full rights and access to who the citizenship does. Does that make sense? And so think about that. Uh, you remember the story? Actually, it happened in Ephesians. Or in, it happened in Ephesus. You remember the story about the seven sons of Sceva? When they decided, you know, the guy decided he was going to cast out demons. And he says, I come to you in the name of Jesus, in the name of this Paul that I heard about the other day. And the demon says, well, Jesus I know and uh, hmm, Paul I know, but uh, who the heck are you? See, he tried to operate in an authority that he did not have because he wasn't a citizen. Does that make sense? And so you and I, I, I know when I look around, and I, you know, whoever's watching or, or listening on the podcast, I, I, don't, uh, uh, I don't know their situation, but I look around in here and I know all of y'all are citizens. You know what I mean? It's, it's your citizens. I, 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 know, I know you. Uh, you and I don't have to worry about pulling false authority because we're citizens. We're sons and we're sons and daughters in here. Yes. I look around, I see everybody, it's a son, it's a daughter. I can't read the names online, but I think most of them are, so sorry. I mean, I need glasses maybe, huh? We're not foreigners, and we're definitely not strangers. Um, you don't just let anybody in your house and, you know, oh, here, here's the keys. Losing guitar picks, I think, Sorry. <laughs> Because why? Because they don't belong. It's not theirs. And I'm, I want to push down this road here and get to something in a second because I want us all to understand. I feel like for me, there was this week is this, this moment of me needing to understand who I am, how I am, and what I have as being who I am. Does that make sense? A little bit of a tongue twister there, but that's, that's it's almost like, Come on, son, remember who you are because of what you're about to do. I need to, I need to go deeper in my identity and my understanding and have my foundation uh, more solidified uh, in my thinking, right? We were talking last week about capacity. So Jesus has already given everything, right? God's already provided everything. Uh, and so it's not about him giving more. It's about us stepping into the capacity of holding more. And it's the same way, that's where it is for me right now with my identity and with understanding my citizenship. And so that's what I get to share with y'all today. Raquel didn't want to get up here today. That's why she's not up here. <laughs> and she's got some good stuff in the works, man. She was dropping some truth bombs on me over the weekend. Um, so verse 19 again, so then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fit together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. You see, now there's a picture of what church is supposed to be like because he's talking to the people about their citizenship, about being part of the household of God. But look at this last sign. Uh, is there, um, the building is being fit together, growing into a holy temple of the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. See, a definition of the church is that line right there that you are supposed to be a, let's read it together, a dwelling of God in the spirit. People are supposed to walk in here and not feel condemned or judged, but to feel actual God through his spirit. 
Does that make sense? So that's why, that's why we, we try to come together and just have an encounter with the Father because of that line right there. Raquel and I, we understand that that is what really church is supposed to be like. At least that's what's the biggest thing on our heart is coming together. What does God want to do with you guys? Because you guys make up the body. You make up the building. You make up the ministry and what's going to happen through core church. We just get to drive the bus right now. Make sense? And that all happens because you're citizens and because of your understanding of your citizenship. Amen? Is this good so far? Are we okay? All right, sweet. So um, go, go with me to the, the very beginning of chapter 2. Um, I really felt um, that this is where I needed to go. Um, I've been talking about diving back into this um, teaching that I did a couple of years ago, three years ago, on freedom. Um, in 2017, I had the most radical encounter of my life with the Father with Holy Spirit, and I got completely set free um, from so many ugly things that I had no clue of, and, and I had this freedom. And I remember that night uh, telling Raquel, man, for, for at the time I was 45, and I remember telling her on this one certain thing, for 30 years I've thought this way. And on another aspect of my life, man, I'm 45 and in my entire life, I have thought this way about this certain thing. I was a person, if you don't know, I know there's people watching and then, um, you know, if they're on YouTube or the uh, podcast, uh, I was a person that suffered major rejection and you wouldn't know it from looking at me. I wasn't like a timid, you know, crying in the corner kind of person. And I don't mean that, you know, disrespectful, but... Uh, I was a perfectionist. I had to do everything the best and be the best and surpass everything and go, 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 because that was how I knew that I was okay by doing good, right? And there was this thing that had happened that caused me to be, no, not a thing. My life, my upbringing had caused me to be that way, and I didn't have a choice in it. You don't have a choice where you're born, who you're born to or with, you don't have a choice of your environment. You don't get the option to say, uh, no, I don't want to be raised that way. I want to be raised this way. Right? You ever stood up and said, no, you're not good. What's that? Where's a little video of this, this little Chicano boy, and he's over here telling Linda, 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 listen, Linda, Linda. Have y'all seen that? No, you're not listening to me, Linda. He's like, he goes off, and he's got this real thick accent, and it's hilarious, man. And she's talking about cupcakes. And no, you have y'all seen that? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that does not work. See, that was, a, that was a Chicano household. And what they didn't show you is the chunkla after the video stopped. <laughs> That's the truth. Because you don't talk to your moms like that. <laughs> you know, you, I totally say, oh, yeah, now the video's off. Come here, boy. Am I right? Nobody was able to say, oh, no, you're not going to treat me like that. I think I would have got about half of those words out, and then I would have woke up about 45 minutes later. <laughs> and depending on who slapped me the first time, I would have got another one after that. So <laughs> that stuff doesn't work. You do not get a choice in those things, right? Um. And so how, what in the world does that mean with all of this that we're talking about citizenship? Well, I'm really glad you asked that question. Here it is. In chapter 2, verse 1, um, Paul writes, he says, And you were dead in your offenses and sins in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. So three things here made a difference uh, in your life. He says you once were dead in your offenses and sins, which you previously walked according to the, number one, course of this world. That word right there, that phrase, course of this world, um, it's, a, it's like a, a, a track or a predisposed road that you cannot get off of. 
You ever lost control of a vehicle? Man, only me. All right. Um, or how about you ever been on one of them roller coasters that you shouldn't have got on? Ooh. We, uh, years ago, we went to a, a, a Florida vacation thing with some people, and uh, we did the zip lining. And uh, yeah, and it, they had this zip line thing, and then they had this, it's called the Panther Pounce, and it was 80 feet up. That's a long way up there. It's all these flights of stairs. And we get up there, and man, I loved it. It was awesome. Raquel uh, loved it. She jumped. But we're up there, and there's this one person. Uh, this person went all the way up these steps, talking a lot of lip. <laughs> talking a whole lot of lip. Get up there. I'll go last. Oh, you can go next. You can go next. Oh, you can go next. Finally, it's down the last ones. Raquel and I were going to be last. And then it was... <laughs> Thought it was Silence of the Lambs or something, man. I can't and, and sit here and sit here and said, I can't do it. And they didn't, what? Don't do it. No, I was talking about the person. I just got corrected, y'all. Sorry. Man, that's like 30 years ago. Watch that movie. Yeah, I'm sorry, y'all. I made a reference to a movie that I saw like all these years ago. My bad. <laughs> See, I went outside my scheme of my realm of authority there for a minute, and, and the law caught up with me. <laughs> you can cut all this out, Josiah. <laughs> you can cut all this part out of the YouTube. Anyway, this person wouldn't do it. They got all the way up there, and they wouldn't do it. After talking all that lip. They got all the way up there, and they wouldn't do it. And life is not like that. Where you're born, your environment that you're brought in, the things that you're taught, the things that are instilled in you, even the things that you're not taught, the things that you catch, right? Like you don't have a choice. You don't get to get to the top of the zip line and go, never mind, I'm not doing it. It's like getting on a roller coaster and you get strapped in and you can't, they don't stop that thing for you. One of the most hilarious things for me, I'll never do it, but them slingshots, oh man, there ain't no way. I get in that thing, are you crazy? And they, 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 they start hollering as soon as they get strapped, let me out, let me out. And then them guys will tell them, uh, you want a countdown? Yeah, I want a countdown. One, two, three. And they're screaming as they're flying, get me off, get me off. Man, you can't, you don't have a choice. <laughs> you are locked into the course of the ride that you paid money to get on. In life, you don't have a choice. The course of this world in this phrase means that you're on a predetermined road that you cannot get off of. You don't have a choice. And those are the things that drove you and I into being who we were until we came to the revelation of the knowledge of Christ. It's, it, those things, we didn't have a choice. If, in my life, it was all about rejection because I never, nothing was ever good enough. There was always something else to do. I never, I was the problem um, well, I was the golden child of the family, but all the beginning, I was a mistake. I wasn't supposed to happen. That's a whole nother story. I won't go down. But the course of my life at that point, it, it did all these predetermined things that created that in my environment, and, and I didn't have a choice. Uh, he goes on to talk about um, the prince of the power of the air is the second one, and the spirit that it now works in the sons of disobedience. So, there's an environment, there's a course of this world that you are on when you're born into this world that you don't have a choice on. And then there's a spiritual influence that works behind that to keep you away from becoming a citizen. And when you become a citizen, that junk is broken off and now becomes the process of getting through all of that. Because even though our salvation instantly makes you that new creation, right? That's true, right? We know Corinthians 5, 17, right? Old things pass away, all things become new. That's the moment that re when you have that understanding that, man, he died for me. I'm a son. Uh, however you want to describe it, you know? Are you washed in the blood? Woo, when that happens, when you accept that understanding you're changed instantly. 
There's a happy dance that goes on in heaven, not because one more checked off the little card. <laughs> no, it's because one more son or daughter stepped in to their true identity of who they are. They understand it now, and now comes all the work. Now comes the work of learning about being a citizen. So the point is that we no longer walk according to the course of this world. Whatever you face today, I love that song, God Turned Around. Man, I love that. We just learned it this week, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, when Adriana brought it up, and, and we were listening to it and working on it. He's always doing something because there's always something to do, <laughs> right? Um, so all of us in here, all of us watching or listening, it's not only that he's doing something in our lives because he wants to. I believe there's a part that he needs to do. And I know there's a part of me that I need him to work on me because I need to grow. I need to become more. I need to become deeper. There's things that he wants to still break off in my life. Because even though the identity is set and secure up here in the heavenlies, every spiritual blessing has been given. I'm not walking in that full capacity yet because I'm still learning and I'm still growing. If you hang around me and John, he'll point out some stuff stuff on me. Watch. He lets me know all the time because he loves me, right? Raquel, I'll tell you real quick that I need a lot of work. Man. Amen. It's true. Go ahead, Angela. All for truth. <laughs> But see, the beautiful thing is, is that my citizenship ties me to the truth of who I am and who he is. And it's his responsibility to pull me closer as I step in that capacity. I, I, as, I, as I walk and I move with him, and Paul wrote that, I, in him I live and move and have my being, right? As I do that, he speaks, he moves, he pushes and pulls, he he puts things in front of me. He, he speaks to me in his word and, and on and on and on. We have these Holy Spirit moments. Man, y'all, I get, I get blown away. Sometimes I get off up here because I'm so blown away in the moment because he's speaking or he shows me something or he says something, right? All that because that's my right as a citizen because I come in with, with a heart that says, hey, Dad, I'm here. And he gets to say, oh, really? Okay. You remember the other day when you were, oh, man. He says, you know, I really didn't like that too much. Or, Raquel, we were, we were, in, uh, we actually, uh, we were in Austin yesterday. We ran up there real quick to go look at a wedding venue for, for Hannah. And uh, so don't get mad at me, bro. That's why I didn't reach out. He's shaking his head already. It was kind of a quick thing. And anyway, we're at this park. We're actually at the Mexican cultural something over there in downtown. And uh, Raquel says, as we're sitting there waiting on our daughter to get there real quick, she says, uh, what do you just feel in here? And I said something, and she turned it on me. I said, man, I feel a lot of anxiety, like there's an anxiousness here, and there's this, 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 and that. And but yes, there's also this, and there's, and she goes, man, she's, I don't see that. Do you think that's you? <laughs> I'm being real with you, right? I, I'm being open and honest with you. And, and, and she, <laughs> she says that. Do you think that's you? She meant it so, so humbly. And so she really did. She just, she didn't mean it like a jab. Stop laughing, Roger. And I said, man, you know what? It might be. Because the area we were in the night before, you know, that night we got to the hotel. It's in the middle of downtown. Man, there's all these people. It's two in the morning. These people are partying. There's throw their trash everywhere. I almost... I almost was about to get mugged and about to pull my pistol on this guy. I mean, it just, 
I'm being serious, man. And I don't like those areas that kind of I get a little like I'm always, you know, that's another part of how I grew up. Dad's like, you better be aware of everything. Keep your head on the swivel, boy. Be ready. <laughs> Everybody keeps y'all, y'all, y'all think social distancing was something new, man. I grew up that way. <laughs> you don't let them people get close. You, you be ready in an instant. Keep your eye. Watch the alley. Watch the parking. See the trash over there. I mean, somebody's, man, anyway. And so Raquel says, you think that's you? Oh. <laughs> I was like, it might be. In that moment, I, I, I said, Lord, is that, is that what this is? And I really didn't get an answer. And I think it's one of those where he's like, I'm going to let you think about that for a minute. You go ahead and think about that. And as I stand here before you today, I think she's right. I think in that moment I was feeling some anxiety, some anxiousness, and I was perceiving that I picked that up in the spirit, but it was actually me. And uh, thank you, Raquel, for pointing that out. But the thing is, is that that's okay because it was a growing moment for me, right? I get to step into a deeper capacity of less anxiety because I could sit there and understand that, okay, yeah, Chris, this, all this situation stuff, it, it kind of made you heighten a little bit, and I don't want you to be that way. Be anxious for nothing. Where's the kingdom at in this? Oh, man, okay, okay. Why does that happen? It happens because I'm a citizen. It happens because I'm not a foreigner and a stranger to my God. I'm a citizen and a son, and I have the full right and authority to his love. I have the full-on connection to his touch, to his insight, to his move. Uh, when he's doing something, I'm in the middle of it because I'm a citizen. Amen? And it's time that I step out of any other stuff that I get shown in my time with him or in my walk as I'm living and breathing and moving, when something comes up or pops up, it's, it's, it's no longer the course of the world that holds and guides me or the spirit of the age uh, or the prince of the power of the air or the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. It's not those things. It's my citizenship that pulls me to my father because I'm a citizen. Does that make sense? And so I, I want to leave you with this i got to hurry up. They're going to close the restaurants. Verse 4. I love verse 4. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Verse 3. He's still talking about the course of this world. He says, Among them we too previously lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest. But God. Everybody say that with me. Say, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. It is by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ so that in the ages to come he might show the boundless riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ and here's that verse again. For by grace you've been saved through faith and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. It is uh, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Uh, man, we're citizens. Amen. So I'll leave you with that, that there's also that aspect of the end of that verse right there. It says that we were prepared. There were good works that were prepared for us beforehand. Um, your destiny and your DNA as a son or a daughter of God was written before the foundations of the world. And then he turns around and gives you every spiritual blessing so that you can fulfill all of the works, the good things that he's already prepared for you to do. Why did he make you... With, why did he make you an artist? So you could reach out and do the artistry and reach those people, right? And on and on and on. I could go on and on. All that because you're a citizen. You step into your capacity and your knowledge of being a citizen. Amen? Does this make sense? Yes. Yeah? Stand with me if you would. Um,
I'm excited to see where we go. I love it, both physical and spiritual. I'm excited to see where we go as a nation, and I'm excited to see where we go as a community here at Core Church. There's a lot of stuff that's, that's coming, and it's exciting stuff. Um, I mean, just the stirring that's going on. And as you and I move forward with all the different aspects of what's happening and what's about to happen, you know, uh, there's just so much. Know that in the middle of your ideas, know that in the middle of your, your thinking and your understanding, that as you grow, know that it's possible because you're a citizen. It's possible because of who you are. Because you, you have full-on rights. Just, man, when the enemy comes in, like he has no right. He has, you and I have all authority and power over the authority and power of the enemy. Now, he still comes in and we get in those fights, right? Anybody have that happen? Anybody get attacked? Yeah? When that happens, know that you're a citizen. That's like... Man, that's like those people coming in your door without a warrant. Uh-uh-uh, not today. Can't do it. You might have to argue at the door a little bit, right? Sometimes I think that's what our spiritual warfare stuff looks like, is it's just a little bit of arguing at the door. But at the end of the day, give them the boot. Sometimes it's a little bit longer fight than others. But know that you're a citizen. Amen? So this morning... Um, if you're here and there is something that God's stirring, uh, or maybe there's some, something that clicked deeper today for you, man, Raquel and I really want to pray with you about pressing in and understanding that citizenship even better. Like, we want to do that. Let me pray over you this morning. Father, we just thank you, God, for what you're doing. We just thank you that you're amazing. We thank you for your word, your truth, your understanding. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. And today, uh, as uh, we leave from this place, Lord, I pray that these kingdom citizens, they would full on walk in that, uh, um, in that identity, in that authority uh, today as they go about, Lord, just like you, you started off with just a few people in the city of Ephesus, Lord. Uh, that's the size of our place right here, Father. Give us that same understanding and insight to, to run out, be kingdom citizens, and, and to change the world around us and see reformation happen, to see awakening happen, Lord, to see revival to people that have not yet stepped in uh, to their calling with you, Lord. We pray today for all that you're doing over this community. We love you, Father. We thank you so much. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. If, you, if you're online and you need prayer for something specific, just type it in the chat there and uh, we'll get with you in just a minute. But we love you all. I don't know if I'm missing anything, but if I am, uh, don't get mad at me. We love you all. God bless you.